Welcome to the Daddy O Podcast, Episode Two. On today's episode, we're going to talk about we're going to have a pregnancy update. Uh, we're going to talk about work. Then we're going to dive in in the meat of the episode uh, to parental leave, how to prepare, how to tell your work, what how you t- tell your employees, and then stay to the end to hear our dad wins and fails for this week. Brad, uh, how you doing this week? Uh, thanks so much, Rob. Yeah, it's. What's fun for me now that I'm in month four to five, this is the first Friday I have had in six months where I'm not exhausted coming into Friday. I'm excited. Congratulations. Thank you. And I think there's a bunch of bunch of factors coming into place. Some of it's, you know, Theo's growing up and doing better. Some of it's I'm working on my sleep. But I got to tell you, man, this is episode two. I've been jazzed since I've listened to episode one. I'm excited to be here with you, do this with you. Uh, yeah, thing, things are really in in a good, healthy space right now. That's great. Yeah, and for everyone listening, none of you we know have, li- and, and no one yet has listened to episode one because we haven't released it yet. We're going to get a couple of these down, but I'm excited too. It feels really good to have one in the can and be doing the second one. Um, how any any work or uh, baby updates? Brad, that we should oh, hear no, this no. week. I'll, I'll throw it back at you first, man. Uh, okay. You know, so you you've you've hopped across the pond. Uh, you are no longer in England. You are back in the United States of A. And uh, I just want to check in on you too. How how are you doing here on this Friday afternoon? I'm doing great. Yes, you noticed I am. I am currently in Cleveland, Ohio, coming to you from Cleveland uh, here with family. For I, I did a quick trip to Boston for some work, and then uh, I'm here for about 10 days for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up, if you're listening to this later on. Uh, yeah, we're feeling good. Laura's at 31, just about 31 weeks pregnant, and things are going well. We did the big, um, the big pregnancy news is we did our first big international flight uh, while she's pregnant, and that was a, a really actually pretty good experience. We handled it well. Laura did great. That's fantastic to know. Um, to answer your question from a minute ago, work update. Yeah, so it's, it's something that you know, work's been ups and downs. I think I really took my hand off the wheel of work during during pregnancy. And uh, some of it is I, I, I didn't do the work that I needed to do, and some of it I handed it off to others without double-checking. And and um, and it was, it's was it been kind of a tough year on that. And when we get into paternity leave, I want to talk about this some more, like the things that I I, I let myself assume which as a CEO or as a coach of a CEO, I don't normally assume, but I did it here. I did it here for these reasons. But what I want to go to is for the update is I really feel like in this last 10 days, I've started getting back into my swing. Uh, my first new client of the year, I usually get one a quarter, sometimes one a month. My first new client of the year, last week. My second client of the year, this week. And this is Things all are coming back. part of this yeah and, and remind me it's, it's not that i lost i was gonna say remind me how far out how long have you been back at work how long did you take for leave and how long have you been back at work sure so i actually want to talk about leave in a little bit different context what i didn't know about leave and what i think people don't know about leave especially if you're at the leadership level i think you should start leave as a as a ratcheting down as the due date gets closer. And what I was able to do, and I was blessed with being able to do, is in the four weeks before, we, we, we knew there was going to be a date. There was, there, was a, there, there was a date that we would not go past. There was an induction date, an inducing date. And what I wish I had known, and so now I'm saying to you, is taking 25% of my work off the plate every week for each of the four weeks. So for me, it started with general business development and then specific business development and then administrative work. And the last thing I held on to was paying client work. And you know, as, as, a, as a person who bills hourly, that, that makes sense. You as a CEO of a company and you've got 40 employees, yours will look differently. But the reason this all came about in my mind was when I saw Sarah Beth, and sorry, sorry, sweetie, but she struggled to close the car door, but she did it. 
And she was proud of herself for it. We, we went to the grocery store, got the groceries, did the things. And she reached over and she, she struggled. And she, I, I got it. I said, you got it, sweetie. But I knew then in my, my mind, in a week or two, she won't be able to get that. And if she's struggling to close the car door, she's not bad. She's not, she's not overweight. She's not, not trying. She's going to need more help. And I'm the one who can provide that help. And so when I look at paternity leave, and I know I'm kind of rabbit trailing here, I look at it before baby and after baby, but it's both. And I think our job, my job, is to straddle those two. Whereas other guys that I've met say, I wasn't involved with any of it, and it's only after birth. It's my, my experience. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for asking me about work-life balance. This week has been a really interesting place between I get to spend more time with Theo and I have more work than I had in the previous months. And I'm just going to be open and honest with this. I didn't know this week how to do those two things. But the funny thing is they're both positive. Right, a lot of times when we talk about work and life and balance, they just seem to be negative. And this week for me, it's been new clients and Theo sitting up, and so I'm trying to balance like, okay, which which do I do and which do I hold and what's going on with that? So that's my uh, that's my little update. Is is good things are happening? I'm thankful for them. Uh, but Rob, I'm gonna throw the the ball back at you. Hey, what's going on? You're your husband. You're a, you're going to be a father. You are a CEO. What are your updates? What are your things? Yeah, you know, I feel like for most of the pregnancy, I've been able to be pretty present, pretty uh, accessible. You know, been doing my job for six years now. Feel like I got a pretty good handle on it. Uh, but this was a tough week. Um, had to lay a couple people off. And, uh, you know, that is a stressful and just about the least fun thing you could possibly do, uh, as a CEO. Mm. And, uh, you know, it comes, the responsibility comes with the chair, uh, but it's, it's a tough one. And, you know, I had to have a conversation with my partner about, Hey, you know, I know you're pregnant and this is all about you, but, oh man, I'm going to need a second to, for some support on my end too, because my life doesn't stop. And yeah, that feels weird and, and tough in a lot of ways. And you kind of want to bottle it all up, but in, in the, in the spirit of trying to be open and honest and emotionally available and all those things, it's, you know, it was a, it was a rare moment where I felt like I kind of had to ask for the support on my end when my wife is 31 weeks pregnant, which was a, a big, uh, I don't know quite what the word I'm looking for, but that was a, a big change. And it was a, it was an interesting dynamic for myself. Tell me about what it felt like the moment before the words came out. You knew that you need to tell your partner who was pregnant, 31 weeks, having a son, having your son. And also, this was a big, big, big piece of news. Your company is forever indelibly changed because people are let go, right? And your company, you're not a 3,000-person company who lets go 30 people every month and what was it like behind your eyeballs? What did it feel like? What was the what was the taste of the emotion before you said this to somebody who is also consistently going through this process of building a baby inside of her body? Um, yes. What did it feel like? Yeah. Um, well, it certainly wasn't fun. I am really, really lucky in that we're in a good moment in the pregnancy, you know, kind of beginning of the third trimester, nothing's going crazy. Laura's not too big yet. She doesn't feel sick. And so it's, you know, of all the moments to ask for a little bit of support on my end, I, you know, I, I'm lucky that this landed in a good spot. And yeah, you know, you feel a little bit of guilt of, you know, I don't want it ever to be about me, especially right now. And so you feel a little bit guilty kind of saying, hey, I, I need it to be a little bit about me. Um, a little embarrassed. You know, it's not fun when things aren't going well. Um, and a little, I, I guess I would say call it like a little hopeful. Like, you know, I'm hoping that letting this letting this out will make it feel better, um, which it did. So, so it was kind of all of those things all at once, I think. Um, 
but it's certainly a, a mix of emotions. Something I, I really went through in this is during the pregnancy phase, my partner's not injured. She, she's not injured. She's, she's got a bird, right? She's it's a beautiful bird, and, and there, there's days and moments where it's happy and run friendly. Um, but in my mind, me, right? Big part of this story that you and I are trying to create here is not about our partners in, the, in their world, but about our world. Is I made the mistake of pretending or thinking she was injured and needed support or help, and that that was my failure. That I didn't I didn't give voice to my needs because I can give voice to my needs as a as a CEO, as a coach, as a, a runner, as a person who sleeps and eats, right? Um. And that she missed that. She missed me saying my truths. But what I thought I was doing was protecting her from extra burdens. And sometimes, by the way, sometimes my stuff just suck it up, buttercup. Like I gotta, I gotta do my stuff. But she's also my partner, and she's brilliant mind, brilliant soul. And so that 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 would have been one of my like if we go back to dad fails from six months ago. Uh, one of my dad fails from six months ago was not being open and honest, especially about critical stuff. So the fact that you let let staff go this week, um, yeah, I, I don't have a perfect way to bring it up, but not bringing it up, that's imperfect. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to put it, right? She's not injured. And I think that that's <laughs> – we're always in a little bit of danger here, Brad, I think, um, as like, you know, oh, yeah. uh, I think there's the joke like two – two white guys with a podcast where, you know, we're a bunch of men who are not carrying children, like, uh, for any, uh, either pregnant women or, or moms who are listening, please forgive us and give us a little grace here. Um, but you know, I do think that there is times where I try to, you know, Laura will, will be tired or, or will have a, have a moment. And I do try to not treat her like a baby or like she's injured. <laughs> like, come on, you can, you can do it. You can get that thing off the ground. You, you're, you're good. Um, and I think she does appreciate that, you know, she's not babied, she's not injured. Um, well, at the same time she is taken care of and I try very hard to do that, but I think that's a nice balance to not, um, treat her like she's made of glass because she's still a very strong, capable human being. And sometimes it's good to remember that. Oh, I mean, she was capable enough to get through medical school, marry you and have this kid. All three of those things, they, they gotta be difficult. Oh, I'd say two two out of three were smart moves. Uh, marrying me yeah. was the was a questionable one. Love it. So, um, in the pregnancy journey, uh, as guys, how are you feeling about? Hey, it's coming. It's it's not here, right? You, you don't you don't you don't have things to do yet. We talked last week about you know watching that that balance between I'm integral to being here because I'm necessary and also I don't have a role like I don't have to do anything except just be here instead of in our CEO jobs my job is it's all things but that was last week and so I'm going to want to check in with you again this week because some people might think seven days went by and you might think the world has changed how are you feeling about upcoming there's going to be a day where you hear your son's first voice first moment where you visit a hospital where you do these things how, how are you doing on all that i think it comes in waves i appreciate that brad um you know to bring it back to work a little bit right like work feels a little more real today than it did yesterday um a little heavier a little more permeating um and I'm sure anyone listening who's a CEO or in a, an executive position can kind of know that, right? Sometimes work feels good and it, you know, you don't have, it doesn't, it, you know, we all probably work hard. It, it follows you home, things like that. But then there's the days where like it sits in the pit of your stomach. And ironically, those are the days where I'm thinking, oh man, like I don't want to be distracted like this when my baby comes. And, I, and of course, you know, uh, that's where, um, that's kind of what's been on my mind this week, I'll say is, you know, oh, yeah, okay, like, it's not two separate lives. It's one thing all together where I'm going to have these days and be a dad, and I'm going to have great days and be a dad. And, um, you know, I think 
the only thing I can think of equating it to is my honeymoon so far. When I went on my honeymoon, I made sure to like turn off everything. I was like, I do not want to hear from work for three. I, I was able to take three weeks for my wedding and honeymoon. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to think about it for an instant. I don't want it to ruin anything. And I was kind of thinking about that as a dad, like, oh, I don't, I want to have this first month or two and, and, and I don't want anything to ruin it. And then I was like, oh, I'm not sure that's a standard I can hold myself to. So how am I going to adapt and, and be present as a father, but also, you know, have work that is meaningful and therefore stressful? It's funny because the way you described the honeymoon was taking a complex system, making it a simple system. Complex system is your life with your partner as a CEO, everything you're doing. Let's make it a simple system. Let's cut out all the other stuff. Cut out complexity. Done. What I'm learning, and I have not learned, <laughs> is this is two complex systems that do not get to be separated. Theo changes. In my relationship with uh, with my father changes. My relationship with Sarah Bath changes dynamically, complexly, and also my relationship with my clients and being in charge of this company. and And these are two complex systems that we're always trying to simplify. And I don't think they can be. I think he, that that a phrase I used last week and I have been chewing on since is harmony instead of balance. Balance is two different things that have equipoise. Harmony is two things that are working together. And I don't know how to solve for that, but I just as part of the reason we're doing this is you and I can learn how to be better at us, the things we care about and want to do. Um, I'm thinking about harmony more than balance as this leadership slash dad slash husband job. <laughs> Delta. Well, should we take a quick break? And then we, when we come back, we can talk about parental leave. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about what I've learned, heard about that and taking a break is always a good choice. Welcome back. We're going to talk about parental leave. Uh, Brad, do you want me to kick it off or you want to go first? Yeah, I guess I'd ask you uh, because I have my experience with it and then I have friends who've taken it. So maybe I'm better just to, to kick off what you have to say. but. How are you looking at your next, let's say, three to four months of work environment as baby comes halfway through that? Yeah. So I think what we, yeah, and I think actually we can set the stage a little bit too. I think we should talk about how or what is our leave policy? Uh, what are we doing to prepare for the leave? And then what kind of leave are we planning on taking? And so, I, yeah, I can start. So the leave policy at Net Capital is we get uh, 12 weeks fully paid, uh, mm. and then it's flexible beyond that. And I'll admit, I actually wrote the policy a couple of years ago. Um, I was going to ask. So yeah, that's, that's a little self-serving. Thing, right? Because, well, no, it wasn't self-serving when you wrote it. Uh, but my, my no, well, my I knew where my life was headed. You were receiving yeah, because you're receiving the benefit of an idea and a policy that you put in place. Other people are receiving that benefit too, but it's just interesting to chew on. Yeah, and and when I wrote it, I really looked at kind of what stand what was standard in the U.S. and you know what big companies did and what we thought we could afford as a small tech company with 40 people and not a lot of extra resources. Um. So that's that's the policy. Now, as CEO, I've always thought that my job is to set an example. And I think with parental leave, that that example setting is a bit of a double-edged sword. Because when you're a small company, on the one hand, you want to show employees who are going to take leave that they're entitled to that they should do it, right? I always talk to my employees about how it's a marathon, not a sprint, uh, this business. And if they get burned out and don't take time off for themselves, they're of no use to me. Um, or if they work really hard for me for a year and they quit, I got to go find someone else and train them. That's hard. So I'd rather have them take their time and and be well prepared and enjoy their work. And so parental leave is like that on steroids. I, I if someone you know we've had a couple people take leave from my company, um, and you know it's great to have them back and have them back fresh and all those things. But even twelve weeks isn't enough to really be back fresh, uh, especially if you're a mom and you have to recover from the birth itself. But at the same time. 
you know, a small company of 40 people, everyone's job is vital. And we don't have the resources to hire temps or things like that. And as a CEO, on the one hand, I don't want to overplay my importance, but on the other, uh, you know, on the one hand, I don't want to overplay my importance. But on the other hand, there's some things that just are not replaceable. And so my goal going into, go ahead. I just want to double tap on that pretty carefully because in my, my main job is supporting CEOs. There's a reason why it's a unique position. There's a reason why it's a singular position. There's, it doesn't have to be masculine or feminine or old or young, right? We try and find a balance between those things. But it's a missing position when you're not there. Who's creating the company vision when you're not there? Who's promoting it? Why, why do you exist? Why should anyone care? Capital structures. And that might be a little bit more doable without you there because if your company is doing what it's supposed to be doing, you know, we don't have to look at the capital structures every day. We need to look at them very carefully, occasionally. Um, culture and team. What happens when you're not there and, you know, CMO and CRO and, uh, you know, up and coming growth person, they're all fighting basically because they're trying to win the communication argument, not the idea argument. The communication argument is they're trying to get everyone to use their language and the idea argument being they're trying to get your idea. You can have three people who are in conflict because they're just not using the right words. It's not because they're actually in conflict. Whose job is it when you're gone? That's tough. Yeah. And it's something I think about a lot. And so as I prepare, so I've got, I'm entitled to 12 weeks. My current plan is to take four after the baby's born and then take the other eight later on in the year, in that first year, um, probably when my partner goes back to work or maybe some time in the middle um, as the baby's growing to help kind of support growth. And I'm thinking about that because those smaller chunks of time, I think are more manageable for the team. It's very easy to give people directions. And so, well, let me take a step back. What would I've been doing? So I let people know, and I got a good story about how I let people know that uh, we were pregnant. So you can ask me that question on the planning side. So uh, I let, I let, once I let people know uh, with plenty of warning, I've built into our team planning sessions. Our we use OKRs as a goal setting tool, uh, and I've built into those for the last two quarters, like preparing for Rob's leave. And our company's very systems oriented, very process oriented. And I do a lot of I spend a lot of time training my people on how I think, how to respond to customers, how to talk to each other. It's it's kind of just what I do anyway. And so what I found is, yes, again, is. my using the example of my honeymoon when I was out for three weeks, people know what they're supposed to be doing and they know how to talk to each other and they know generally how I make decisions. And so people are generally able to figure out how to make make those decisions or if a client calls, they know how to talk to the client um, and so that or a partner. And so that makes it really, uh, that gives me a lot of confidence that I can leave and not have the the place go go to hell. This is good. And, and this is kind of how you de- you are designed, right? You're a process-oriented person. You're putting things forward. But also what you're, you're kind of doing is through you taking this time, and I want to go into two aspects of your time. The first is the time that you just need to be away, and the second is that you're not as fully present, right? The, the long tail. You are stress-testing the team. And this is a thing that a lot of CEOs don't remember to do because they feel like if they, they leave, everything's going to fall apart. Well, that's actually a mistake. You should leave them and see what falls apart and what doesn't. So what falls apart, you then pick back up and you've got this learning lesson of I stress as the team and this works. And so in that case, I want you to be gone. On the other case, there are things that only you can do and I want you to be present. And a very good friend of mine, Megan, she just said to me, she said, Brad, get back to work one day a week as quickly as possible. Because you're going to be driving everybody up the walls. And he's got a big brain. You like doing things. You like helping people. Like, And the first couple months, dad's job is supportive. Uh, and I have this note right here on my computer that says chop wood, carry water. My job is supportive. 
I've got a supportive, supportive role is not always going to be a lot of time, but a brain like mine, a CEO, this, all that, I'm, I'm going to cause chaos and, and trouble. So one of the things we did with my paternity leave was I came back to my paying clients as quickly as possible, just four weeks. And then I started building back up into more. Okay. So that's stage one. Stage one, I would say, is the month before baby, when she needs more chop wood, carry water, just to help. Stage two is the other side of that. Baby's here, and let's hope it's all healthy and easy and happy. And you also got to build in a lot of potential for it didn't go well. Most babies go well. Most deliveries go well. Most of the time, this all works out, but the fear-mongering will just throw bombs at you all day. you got to build space for that. But what I like that you said, and I know I'm jumping around here a bit, is that you can find more time in months two, three, four, five, and six to give an extra half day or full day to your partner because she needs it. And doesn't it doesn't have to be an argument of, hey, Rob, you're a busy CEO. Uh, I can't bug you on Tuesday afternoon when I am tired. I'm frustrated whatever. It's like, no, my parental leave says I get 12 weeks off. I can take every Tuesday afternoon off for the rest of the year. I can give that to you. That's my leave. That's how I'm choosing to support it. That, that, that's, I like that. Yeah. And, um, a lot of stuff I want to go into there. Right. So I think the first thing is if you run any, if you run any kind of team, I think, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Like if you run any kind of team, like Brad, what you said was so right. This is a chance to stress test it because work will always be there. And, you know, as a CEO, like I do a lot of day-to-day stuff, but that's stuff that I can reasonably or should reasonably be able to delegate to other people. And then there's the unique things like, you know, we might have to do a financing uh, during that month. I don't know, right? I'm, uh, we, we might get an offer to get purchased. We might get sued. I don't know, right? There's a million things that can happen that are, that really need the CEO. And you might, that, that kind of stuff just might land in your leave and the world doesn't, you know, give a crap. And as the CEO, that might just be part of the package is you might have to cut your leave early, or it might have to get on some calls with your baby on your chest because, some weird, wild thing happened in the world of business that does not care that you just had a baby. And that's stuff you got to be ready for. But if you're running a team day to day, I cannot tell you how many times people have stepped up. I just stopped coming to the meetings. I, I, I let them know, but like I teach them process. I tell them how I want things done. And then I trust them to go do it. And it's not always perfect, but the amount of stress that reduces for me and the amount of Freedom that gives me to think about bigger order things because other people are handling the day-to-day stuff is awesome. And this is, uh, for anyone out there, again, who's a CEO or running a team, use this time to to model to your team that I'm going to take some time off and you guys better go crush it. And I'm going to give you the freedom to go crush it while I'm gone. And we're going to spend six months training for that time. And then when you come back, you might find that team's humming and doing great. And uh, you've got more time to go build the business or make it better. Yeah, it's vitally important to stress test the team, give them the time, and then and find out what they do and don't do better. That you said it very, very well. Yeah, and you know, and, I don't want to use, but maybe this is part of what you know, team lead, CEO lead, dad lead is. We're gonna think about the systems in our control. The systems not in our control. We're gonna try and maximize the benefit, and that doesn't mean we're heartless and we're not just actually trying to be super, super duper present with our child and our partner. And and I really in my life I'm trying to find the ways and the times and the places where I can accrete more space to just kinda of hang out with Theo. And you know that the the behavior change that he's had between last week and this week is he went from smiling to hugging. And you don't know this yet. There's a big difference between before your baby smiles and after your baby smiles when they see your face. I didn't know until this week there's a big difference between when your baby smiles and tries to hug you. 
I am trying to find my places through delegation, through having this podcast with you and speaking my truth, through, through exercise and diet, through stress testing my team. I want to see the next thing. I don't know what it is. But smile the hug is pretty great. When I come to pick him up, he puts his arm kind of just pseudo doing it. He's not doing it quite right yet. I tell you, man, if they could bottle that up, that's all people would buy. So, yeah. That sounds awesome. I cannot wait for that day. That sounds so good. Um, well, let's dig into a little. I want to hear your story, Brad, because you're a little bit more of a, not quite a solopreneur, uh, although maybe now you, you would consider yourself one, but you know, you're a team, uh, you have a very small team and you wrote, you're a consultant, you're a coach. So, you know, if you're not coaching, you're not making money. So talk to me about how you thought about parental leave and tell me kind of what happened. How'd you do it? Yeah. So it's interesting to me because my parental leave story is day one back from parental leave. My co-founder had been poached for an amazing opportunity. Uh, the, The kind of thing that you just can't get in somebody else's way for any reason. You just say, blessings upon you. I'm so thankful you have us. But coming into it, it was very different. So last year, uh, we had more clients than we could handle. And so we were trying to develop and scale our team. And it's very difficult to do in the coaching world because who's available to be a coach, right? The the best entrepreneurs in the world want to do their own thing. And you know the the worst people in the world are available. How do we figure that out? And we were chewing on that. And as pregnancy went on, and the more time and, and energy I put into that, um, you know, chop wood, carry water again, just simple task. Um, it just kind of I lost touch with it. But Hannah, my co-founder, she just gave me this beautiful blessing of realizing that my paternity leave needed to start before baby was one of the smartest things that I heard from the universe and Hannah Gates and starting to wind that down and slowly but surely take our admin off, take business development off. But then happenstance and coincidence, she was given the most amazing opportunity that she could ever have. Not ever have. She's a very gifted person Um, that my co-founder got legitimately poached to create generational wealth with a company that can change, materially change the world. But that's my day one coming back. And this is what I want to say about parental leave is I didn't have a physical problem because I was not physically carrying a baby or delivering a baby or nursing a baby. I had work and tasks to do, but when I came back, my company had to change. It went from two people working on hiring four more, so going from two to six people, down to it's just me. And that was that was that was tough. You know, there was a mourning process. And again, no nobody's a fault. Markets change, people change, careers change. But I really had to dig deep into should I have even taken paternity leave? Should I have been the guy who does business development hardcore all day every day and ignored my pregnant wife or then, you know, postpartum wife? And I keep coming back to it as, no, I, I did the right thing. Putting time and effort into the family, putting time and effort into the business, and then happenstance happened. Accepting happenstance. My business partner got a great opportunity. It's not my fault. Leaving, taking parental leave, did not cause this. It's just happenstance. That's what took me a while to get. But then there's one other piece, and then I'm going to hand it back to you is while we're not sleeping so great, while we're going through all these things, it's hard, that mind gremlin of, I could have done more if I had only blah, blah, blah earlier. That mind gremlin was where I, I that's my dad fit, is I thought that I had failed because I didn't do something better. And it took me three or four months to be like, no, this, this is just not ideal because of happenstance. And my job as a leader is to accept that happenstance and then use it, utilize it. I didn't do that day one, hour one. I did mourning and then I did and it's all the stages, right? I mourned the loss. 
Uh, I bemoaned the difficulties. I wanted to build this back up instantly. And, you know, then I tried to bargain with myself. It didn't work. What did work, and this is really fun, is getting back to work. And I, you know, bought myself the time and the effort and the energy I needed. And when you texted me three weeks ago, said, hey, let's do this podcast. I said, yeah, this is actually going to be part of my redemption story. And by the way, nobody's at fault. But I got to redeem this year. And parental leave, it's not the problem. But it was there, right? I didn't have everything that I could normally have. Well, I think, if I may, Brad, I think that as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, I think we have a lot of sense. We all might be a little type A. We might be a little controlling. We have the sense that we can control the universe, or we're certainly going to try. And the reality is, your partner probably would have taken that job whether or not you'd taken time off or not. And she might have just waited a little longer to give you some opportunity to have your leave. Um, and so you know, for anyone out there thinking about it, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to work hard. We have to hustle. You, the, one of the only advantages we have is, is the fact that we'll work hard and we'll, we'll move faster than anybody else. But work will always be there. And if you don't take that, that first month with your kid, and I haven't had it yet, but it's not going to be there again. And the universe will throw a million things at you. And if you're only ever going to care about work or, you know, not possibly missing out on opportunity, you're going to miss out on other things. And, you know, when you want to, when you, when you get to the end of your life, where do you want to be? Right. The guy who worked through that one extra month and probably still had a very similar outcome or, you know, you want to spend time with your kids. Yeah, I think thank you for that that insight, and I think that what you just said that reflection is one of the reasons why I want to keep doing this with you. Is you know I can say my truth and hear your reflection, and you're a smart guy, and you're a capable guy, you're a moral guy, and yet you're a little bit behind me in this, so you can still reflect on me. My example is so on the paternity leave side. Um. It's it's a mixed bag. I've also had friends who are partners in law firms who they can get up to 20 weeks off. And they just take it. And that's fine. And some of them said, we travel. Little kids are easy to, easy to travel with. And we just, it was kind of like second honeymoon or like a reattachment or the, the, the new world that we're in together. And that's cool. And then other people I know, space company I work with, uh, dad, this mom and dad are, are, are co-founders. Dad took like 48 hours off. Like he considered flying internationally the week before. And he's not, he's not a jerk. They, this is their second kid. He's not a jerk. He's not bad. He's, he's there and he's present. And he wants to be part of this and he'll be on this podcast someday for sure. But the business needs, this was a, hey, we raised $15 million and we have our first opportunity for an $8 million contract. Do you fly out 10 days before due date in that scenario? Or do you take a full 30 days off in that scenario if the, the contract's on the other side? And I got to sit with him with this. And I didn't have an answer. I still don't have an answer. Right? Which is, which is worth more? How do you balance them? And what I love, Rob, that you said a minute ago was the market doesn't care. Not because the market's a jerk. It's just, it's just too complex to care about my life. Everybody else. Like it's, it, can't, it can't do that work. And so that's one of the things I would really like to speak to if we ever have an audience someday is like, at least it's okay to just struggle. Struggle bus hard on Hey, I got to raise $3 million in 45 days, or I've got to, you know, I've got to get on a plane or, you know, I might have to have an emergency flight back. These are real world issues for, for guys like us. Yeah. And one framework I like to use with things like that, and I haven't had to use it in the context of birth or a child and that changes the equation but i i like to think about things that like 
can you get something done that will either a like the equivalent of like winning a, a Super Bowl? Like, can you get a can you get a championship ring? Can you get something that they can never take away from you? That might be in our context an exit or getting a probe into space or something like that. That it's a career thing where. It'll never get taken away. It's a, it's a you you've achieved a, you've unlocked a level and and it's never going away. Versus oh I got another client that didn't matter or you know whatever. You know I think thinking about it that way can be really useful for me because yeah if there's an opportunity to you know get a ring to 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 unlock an achievement that you're never going to have another chance to do. Yeah you know what that might be worth doing. But if you're you know if you're chasing another client because you need to make a little bit more money. You know, those are things that can probably either you need to add more process to your business or you need to think a lot about kind of where your priorities lie. And it's not wrong to care about your business and maybe take less leave, but you got to think about what what you want out of life. I love that. And I I wouldn't have had that framework without this conversation. Uh, Yeah, if there's championship ring out there, I mean, you're also, by not being as available during parental leave, setting up the structures, the economics, the people for success for the family for the rest of the next 20, 30 years. And how do you balance those two, the first 30 days with your child? Are you there for 10 of them or 30 of them? Okay. And then for your business, are you there for 10 of them? Are you absent for 10 or for 30? I I don't, there's never going to be a right answer. This is, this has to be a complex conversation in everybody's mind and anybody who shoulds needs or just to let that go you know rob you really should take all three months rob you need to be there for blah 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 reasons rob it's just time it shoulds needs and just anybody who says that just instantly take their their ideas down to 10 like from 100 to 10 um and so just the complexity of anybody who ever listens to this you got your own path, but the piece that I'm just really chewing on with you is when am I creating generational wealth, but losing that time with mother and child? I, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, generational. I love the framing. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of very rich people whose kids don't talk to them, right? So yeah. Chase, yeah, yeah. chase generational wealth. Go, go get it. But what you really want and what your kids really want is, oh, God, I shouldn't be given this advice. I don't have any kids yet. But, you know, I suspect that a lot of kids would prefer to have a bedtime story than, you know, a couple million in a bank account that they don't understand yet. So, you know, I, I think if I think our goal with maybe, Brad, I'll, I'll be more esoteric to kind of wrap up this part of the podcast. But I think you know, our goal here is to try to give dads frameworks and advice. And I think we both say, and I will maybe I won't put words in your mouth, is that the goal of this and the goal of the community we're trying to build is people are trying to find balance. And if you make all the money in the world, but your kids hate you or your wife hates you or leaves you or, or is just miserable, then what's the point? But if you're able to do both, and I think we're all type A people who <laughs> want to crush it at everything, that should be the goal. And then maybe, just maybe, if we have to tip the scales and maybe it's just your and I's nature and, and our inclination and given the fact that we're even interested enough in being dads to create a podcast about it our inclination is probably as we tip the scales we probably want to put the scales slightly on family because work is you know what it it's a it'll always be there and you know it's you can always have more money but i don't know family's important one of the lovely things that my friend andrew says about entrepreneurship or executive leadership and how it's um it's a disease from which there's no cure, only management techniques. Right? I, I could, I, Rob, I can guarantee you, I could, I could write you a ten million dollar check tomorrow, or lottery ticket, or whatever it is, and you'd come back to work, whatever work would look like. It's not going away. Now, economic value, making sure that we're doing work that's productive for our family, that's very different. But the idea that you could just go to the beach with your cash and be happy. Um, just never going to be true, but that you will miss the times that you did not hold your child skin to skin 
is almost for certainly true. And one of the great dad CEOs who will be on this podcast one day, that was his first piece of advice to me. He said, my biggest regret, regret is not doing as much skin to skin as I could. Skin to skin is intimate. You gotta take your shirt off, man. You gotta take your shirt off and hold your child. You know what? Can't be doing a podcast. Can't be selling a new client. Can't be on a flight. I you would just have to. I would do, do a that. podcast with my baby right here. Okay, fair. I was gonna say I'd do my. Uh, I'd accept. do a podcast. We'll see. We'll see if I put my money where my one. mouth is in a couple episodes. It's it's a beautiful thing, but if I hadn't been told that. I wouldn't have known how important it is. And then what's interesting about that is it excludes anything else you're doing. And so if we're going to keep being type A, we're going to try and create companies and value. We're going to try and be good leaders to our teams. We're going to try and find product market fit. We're going to do all the businessy things. But if we lose our attachment to our fatherhood along the process, why? Why were we doing those things? And the best why that I have for why doing those other things is because cognitively it's easier. I know how to do those things. I have to learn how to be a father. I have to learn how to be present. I have to learn how to do skin-to-skin contact. And it's just easier for me to go find a new client and do work with them. And this is a mistake that I don't want to make. And I'm asking you for your help and support to make sure I don't. I agree, Brad. And I think this is a great place to end this segment of the podcast. But I think that you just came up with a topic for a future episode, which is, I think a lot of dads get scared. And it's so easy to be like, I'm a provider. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to make money. And that's my job. And I don't know about, I don't know how to hold skin to skin. I don't know how to read a bedtime story. I don't know how to be emotionally available for my kids. So I'm just going to go do the work thing. And that'll mean it's enough. But we're going to try and break that cycle here a little bit. We're going to do the hard things. We're going to do the scary things. We're going to go be dads. Let's be dads. I'm excited. Um, okay, so one more section that we had was just dad wins and dad fails for the week. And I don't, That's I don't right. want to give up on that, even if we just kind of hit a little bit of a, little bit of a moment. Uh, would you like to start or would you like to ask me to start? I'll start. I'll start. So uh, I'll keep it light to finish off the podcast. So my dad win for the week was around the flight. So my my wife and I flew from London to Boston. Um and when we were checking in, it was uh there we were originally seated next to each other on a middle and uh an aisle kind of halfway down the plane and I realized that there were uh there was a whole empty row at the very back of the plane. And so I picked a window and an aisle at the very last row of the plane. Because I figured the last thing anyone wants to be is in the middle on the last row of the plane. And Laura was nervous that we wouldn't get to sit next to each other and someone would be between us. But the flight was not full and no one was between us. And we got a whole row to ourselves for an eight, uh, a seven-hour flight. And so we got to lie down, got to hang out. It was practically like being in first class. It was awesome. So I secured that for my pregnant wife. She got to get up, stretch keep herself moving. That was by far the win of the week. She was skeptical, but I, I played my cards right on the on the airline check-in. So I was really, really happy about that. <laughs> and then I don't know if this is a cop-out because this is two weeks in Dad a row. Fail. Yeah, man. You, you, you got you to try to, to own up to the fact I gotta that you try. failed at something. This I, I, I have failed a ton. I, I, will, I will own up to it. It is funny, and and I will say too. As soon as that baby is not locked up in my wife's body and it's running free, I am sure I will fail all the time. But I asked my wife today in the car, um, you know, I got to do this podcast. What's my fail this week? And honest to God, she's like, I can't think of one. So maybe I haven't failed this week. I I think you know, not to be facetious, but I think my fail is just having you know, work is definitely a little bit bigger. Or, on the scale than than life at the moment on the work life balance scale. So I promise there will be better, funnier stories later on in this podcast. But right now, that's what I've got. Um, so Brad, what do you what do you got? What are your what's your win and what's your fail for this week? Sure, and uh, thank you for sharing. So my win was we we have this little joke in our house that the dogs and the baby haven't adjusted to daylight savings time. It's 
three weeks ago. And so some days just Theo, just his eyes are up. And, uh, and what do we do with that? And so my win was I took, uh, the, the, the dog and the baby and Theo. Um, I just said to, to mom, to Sarah Beth, I said, you know what? What if I just take, we call our dog Dodo. Uh, his name's Hobbs. What if I take Dodo and, and little man into the, you know, in the, um, stroller and I just give you an extra hour of sleep. And you should have seen her eyes. Like she didn't even know that was an opportunity or an option. I didn't either, right? I made it up and stuff. But hey, you know, the sun hasn't come up. Dog and kid are awake. I could do that. I can take our son. I can change his diaper. I can put on new clothes. I can put on warmer clothes. I can get him in the stroller. All these things I've done before. And I can take the, the, the dodo. But I can give you an extra hour of sleep because you don't have to think about anything. That was my dad win. Um, this might also be a fail someday because this might become an expectation, but that's not the story. Um, my dad fail is this morning. I had uh, just time kind of got away from both of us. Just it's kind of the opposite, right? People got up later, things happened, and uh, and I was I was making myself breakfast while listening to something that was important for me to listen to. It wasn't just like a podcast for fun. And I just started going to the stove and making breakfast, but we don't have a nanny today. And I forgot to say, hey, would you like me to make you breakfast? And two-thirds of the way through, when I've got this, this pile of work coming in, you know, I've got exactly the right amount of minutes to make the, the eggs and the things. And, the, and, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, I'm not an individual here. I'm part of a system. I'm part of a society. I'm sort of part of a parenting couple okay you know what you get my eggs and i'm gonna make the next ones and i'm gonna be late for my next thing but that was just like the solid dad fail where i just i came into the making the food thing in my own head way to save it at the end there that's awesome brad kinda, thanks for sharing kind of yeah you know gotta try well that kind of goes through our stuff i know that we have yep. a lot of intention to bring in some people to interview and ask what it's like to be business leader, CEO, coach, executive, and a dad. And I, we want to bring in people who are new dads and old dads. Um, but yeah, Rob, just before we kind of maybe settle out or settle off, I want to ask any other thoughts, topics, needs, or desires uh, for this, uh, our second recording. I think we've covered a lot of great ground, Brad. This is a great episode two. Um, thanks everyone. If, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Uh, if you can please like, or subscribe or give us a review or a rating. I don't know what any of that stuff is, but please do it. I'm sure it helps. And most importantly, just share it with a friend, share it with another dad who's going through this. Let's, let's build a community here. Uh, the one new thing we have this week is we have an email address. So you can email us at dad, E-O-D-A-D-E-O podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us your dad wins and dad fails. Send us suggestions for podcast, uh, podcast guests and send us what you topics you want us to talk about. Uh, we want to help you and, and we want to learn. So if there's something that's bothering you or something you want to learn more about, we probably want to learn about it too. So let us know what you think. Uh, so that's daddyopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Brad, anything before we wrap up? Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for pushing us to do this. And Thank you for doing all the work you do behind the scenes. Same to you. Thanks, everybody.